Listeners, welcome back inside the Feral Zone. I am Renee Coleman, operating under cover of darkness from inside the heart of the Clempire, Snake and Jake's Christmas Club Lounge. Here I am sitting with my uh, co-host for the night, the great uh, old friend of mine, uh, Jeff Treffinger, wonderful guitar player, singer, producer, architect, builder, founder of the Geraniums and Tribe Nunzio, owner of the Mermaid Lounge. Uh, my bandmate in, in many, many different situations, and, uh, and tonight my co-host of the Feral Zone. So welcome, Jeff. Greetings, Renee. Man, uh, thank you for doing this. Uh, it's, you know, we, we had this uh, uh, booked uh, a few days ago, and uh, you know, we've been seeing each other periodically, diff- different uh, get-togethers, and then yesterday we got the, the terrible news that our, our good friend Carlo Nuccio had passed away. Yeah. yeah. Uh, now, I know, you know, uh, we played in uh, a whole bunch of different bands with Carlo over the years. You know, we f- uh, first played together in the, the Glenn Styler band. We had the rock band. and uh, was Before that, we played with him in Switzerland. Oh, no, I think that, well, I don't know. The timeline is not important. But, yes, we did both of those things. Yeah, um, yeah that's yeah, when yeah. I, that's the first time I played music with him. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. All right. I was thinking that the, the Switzerland thing was after. But, yes, okay, so so the first thing we did together is Malcolm Byrne brought us all over to Switzerland right. to play on the uh, the Stefan Eicher record right. in uh, Ingelberg, Switzerland. Yeah, yeah, up in the, the mountains, Alp, Alpine Valley. Six weeks. Six weeks we were together there. Wow. Was it that long? It was that long. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was crazy, man. Yeah, so Carlo was over there, man. The, uh, the, the Europeans didn't know what to make of him. He, he, no. was, he, was, a, he was a force of nature that they, they weren't sure was real. <laughs> no, they actually, the, the three of us, they didn't know what to do with Right, yeah. Remember every night at dinner, there was the Americans on one side of the table and the German Swiss on the other side of the table. Right. And we were just cutting up and having a blast and they were very rigid. Right. And serious I, I, and they couldn't they thought we were silly. <laughs> we were just drunk. <laughs> I I do remember at some point a few days in Malcolm pulling us aside and saying Hey man, could you could you guys just tone it down a little bit around the around the Swiss because you're scaring them? <laughs> and I think Carlos said, "I don't think I can do that." <laughs> with the with the crazy look in his eyes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was wild, man. Over at the bar every night and the studio at the uh, the, the 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 big town hall every day. It was a it was a uh, um, former casino. Casino. Or yeah. It was a British casino. In the Swiss Alps, that would was like abandoned, and we set up in there and uh, recorded for six weeks. Right, right. So, so that was the first thing, I guess. As you as you remind me, um, you know, Carlo and I had had, had a, a long history by that time. I mean, I first Carlo and I were f- first hanging around together as teenagers, uh, hanging out in front of Jimmy's uh, outside the punk rock show. Yeah. You know? 
And somehow Carlo always had the impression that I was older than he was, which I never understood because Carlo's three years older than me. But, but sometime in the last 20 years, he was, I told him when my birthday, he goes, really? I thought you were older than me. Like, how do you... I don't know. I never, never did really get to the bottom of it. But uh, yeah, we'd, we'd known each other since you know I was like 15 and he was 17 wow. or something, you know. I can't imagine Carlo as a teenager. He was the same. It's like, that's the thing, you know. Car- Carlo, uh, you know, uh, all wasted or, you know, on whatever substances. Carlo totally sober. Carlo young. Carlo old. <laughs> He was the same. That's true. The 30 years I knew him, he, you know, he was a raging fiend, maniac, and then a sober man for 15 years, but he never really changed. He was, yeah, he was the same guy. Yeah, yeah. He's always the same man. Right. So, you know, yeah, we, then we, we, we uh, had several years playing in the Glenn Styler rock mm-hmm. band and, and lots of hijinks uh, involved Holy. in that. You know, we got banned from the Red Room. Yes. Uh, he got thrown out of the red room. <laughs> thrown out of the red room uh, for because they had uh, it was during the the lounge music craze and and you know Glenn Styler would do like bossa nova stuff and in fact we had a little bossa nova uh, quartet gig at the the red room during that time. That's right, I remember that. So based on that, they were having this uh, uh, LMNOP cutting edge or something something like that, some kind of conference, and they right. had a showcase there, and so they booked. Uh, Glenn Styler at the lounge music showcase. Well, he wasn't had no intention of going and playing the you know bossa nova thing. He, he brought his you know regular uh, the band we'd always play clubs with, the rock band, and we uh, oh <laughs> we pissed them off so fucking bad, man. I've never felt more threatened when I was on stage. Everyone was angry, except us. We were having a we were having a blast. Right, the young the young hipsters with their with their shark skin suits on were pissed off. The old people with the blue hair that were regular uh, patrons of the red room were pissed off. The owners of the red room were pissed off. The the uh, organizers of the the conference were pissed off. And and to to uh, to, to wrap the, the story up, you know, so so we immediately at the end of that that set had lost our our uh, quartet gig, our steady quartet gig that there, you know, for the Bossa Nova band, we were all banned from the Red Room. Uh, it, it it made a big stink. Somehow it was like you know it was pre pre uh, social media, but it was still like uh, you know making the the rounds in the rumor mill. At some point. The, the the organizer of the conference uh, faxed a uh, a demand for an apology. I think to Ke- Kelly Keller, who was Brent's manager, demanding a, a an apology from from Brent from Glenn Styler. Mm-hmm. And uh, and Glenn the way the way Brent tells the story says uh, so I faxed back a response. It was two words, and it was not I'm sorry. <laughs> 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 so uh, subsequently, uh, the great uh, Chris Rose wrote a, a whole piece on that, that yeah. incident. It's all there in the the uh, Times Picayune archives uh, right. somewhere. But uh, yeah, Carlo was involved in that. Well, Carlo, uh, I remember there was a guy who was going for my amp plug. He was going to unplug the amp because I was playing so loud, <laughs> and Carlo threw a drumstick at him. <laughs> And hit him. <laughs> so man, oh man, yeah, yeah. So much, so much history with Carlo. Well, you know? I've, I've been with him. 
Right. Well, yeah. You're I was talk- at, you know, um, I've been working on his house and, uh, you know, with him and Carmen, his mm-hmm. wife. And kudos also to Glenn Hartman, who has also been uh, a real mensch right. taking care of Carlo. And, uh, you know, Carlo went out on his own terms. I mean, he's been very sick for a while. And he, uh, about four months ago, he asked Alex McMurray to book one more gig. And, um, you know, damned if he didn't hold on and play that gig Saturday night last week at uh, BJ's in the Bywater. Okay. And he walked in the room and everybody just was like, oh, is that Carlo? You know? And he looked, you know, he looked horrible. Yeah. I mean, he played his ass off. That's what I heard. And when he got in the car, he crashed. And he never really came to. Mm. And the next morning, is Carmen called me and said, come on over. He, you know, you, you, I really need help. And he was with um, some people, and, we, you know, he, we got him in an ambulance, and he went to hospice. And then they got him home where he wanted to die, and yeah. that's where he died, at home. But, wow. you know, that's Carlo. Yeah. You know, like an animal right to the end. I'm going to play this fucking gig. Right. Right. He couldn't even talk. He looked at me. He sat up. You know, I helped him with sound that night. And he sat up and he just gave me this big smile. <laughs> and then just <laughs> then just played. It was amazing. Yeah. 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 So it's, uh, it's a huge loss. And, um, you know, very sad time around that household. Sure. And sure. uh, his family's quite a piece of work. I'd never met all them before. Yeah, yeah, you've, you've uh, seen the, the, the whole Nucio troop. He was well-bred. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, oh, man. Yeah, it yeah. Hasn't, hasn't really sunk in yet. No. For sure. You uh-uh. know, it's, uh, and it's been, you know, it's been a tough couple of years for you and I. And yeah, yeah, man, we're... Look, Jeff. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm cherishing every moment with 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 all of us here together. Because, oh, yeah. uh, you know, yeah. In the last couple of years, we lost uh, Damon Shea. We lost Brendan Gallagher mm-hmm. from the Geraniums, our our band. Uh, right. Well, let's talk about life. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, and and you know, the 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 in spite of how sick Carla was, uh, you know, we talked about a little bit on, on this this podcast afterwards. But you haven't been on. This is probably your third or fourth appearance here on this this podcast. But uh, if you say so. But uh, you know, we had the the great Carlo Fest on Fourth of July. Yeah. Here and and uh, had people flying in from all over the country, and Carlo played all day long <laughs> with all these different people, as sick as he was. Yeah, it fucking sounded fantastic. They videotaped the whole thing. It was uh, mm-hmm. unbelievable, man. As you say, uh, on his own terms, you know, he's he yeah. was going to decide exactly. Yeah, he's, uh, I'm going to miss. I'm going to miss that force of nature. Yeah, man. You know, people described him, you know, legendary, uh, larger than life. Uh, you know, it's like all those things are applicable, you know, one of a kind. Uh, genius. Genius. Yeah, genius. Man. He was one of, the, I mean, Car- every time you would get a text from Carlo, you'd have to read it two or three times because he would hide messages. <laughs> you know, he would, there was always two or three things he could say with one sentence and, uh, Quite a quite a mind, an incredible mind. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, it was it was good at so many things. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. sound production, 
the drums, uh, you know, had had a million ways to talk about all that kind of stuff. Antagonism. Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, 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 man. Man, you know, like uh, it's this this quote that I always think of in, in relation to Carlo, you know, I, like ran into Alex McMurray one time, this is years ago, and it's like, hey, Alex, how's it going, man? He goes, uh, you know, just working for the nooch, man. You know how it is. <laughs> <laughs> this is when he had had his band and Carlo was the drummer in his band. But by hiring Carlo as the drummer in your band, you you become an employee of of Nucio Incorporated. Oh no, I know. I know. <laughs> well, Carlo told me that Alex uh, visited him in the hospital, and and he woke up and he goes, "What are you doing here?" And Alex said, "Well, you know, a man has certain assets, Carlo, <laughs> to protect." Him. He goes, "I've got a lot of money in you." <laughs> oh man i remember uh, uh we'll wrap up here but just uh, something i was thinking about today i uh I had a collapsed lung many years ago i remember uh, you, that. you remember that right and uh spent a week in the hospital i was already trying to quit smoking cigarettes when that happened so uh, you know i laid in the hospital bed for seven days obviously wasn't smoking cigarettes in the hospital um came out, immediately started a uh, recording session over at Malcolm Burns' house with Carlo as the drummer. I'm there. I mean, I'm still, you know, weak in condition. Uh, we're, we're about to start an evening session. Uh, this is the, the first session since I, since I got out of the hospital. And he goes, come on, Renee, let's go smoke a cigarette. And I was like, uh, I don't know, man. I haven't really been smoking. He goes, come on, we need to be on the same page, man. Come smoke a cigarette. <laughs> I was like, Okay, Carlos. So we went out and I smoked a cigarette with my recently reinflated lung, and you know that, that probably had me uh, smoking a pack a day for another couple of years. You know, <laughs> just that. Carlos like, no, man, we we got to go smoke together. Come on. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you know this this, uh, this won't be the last we speak of Carlo in the podcast and uh, or or in life. So. Uh, it's a, still a very fresh loss, but uh, man, we'll, we'll we'll never forget you, Carlo, and, and uh, sending out our, our uh, condolences to uh, his his wife Carmen and the whole Nucio family, the whole uh, greater New Orleans musical community. Who will uh, you know? Again, he's a there's not another Carlo Nucio coming down the pike, man. They broke the mold. Yep, absolutely. Okay, well, uh, enough of that. Let's uh, let's. Uh, get on to our, our guest who's a, a terrific uh, singer songwriter uh, she's uh, she's put out four records in the last like uh, five years I think she's uh, as I say a terrific singer songwriter kind of uh, uh, out of the Americana noir uh, uh, field uh, she describes it as Alt Rocka Country Billy Serial Killer Blues. I love the seri se Serial Killer Blues part. Um, so uh, we'll get into all that, all of her work, all of her, her history. Without further ado, the great Ms. Sean Williams. Welcome, Sean. Hello. Thanks for having me. Cheers. Cheers. Hello. Yes, yes. I always tell people, if you don't cheers, 20 years of bad luck, and then okay. people cheers. There you go. No, no. We need that. Uh, 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 cheers to Carlo. Cheers Nicia. to Carlo. Mm -hmm. So, Sean... You were recently on the, the cover of uh, Offbeat magazine. Right. Congratulations. Thank it's, you. It's quite an accomplishment. Yeah, it was, it was well pretty done. shocking. Um, you know, I, I sent in my record, as I do with all of them, for a review, and then they set up an interview with Brett Milano, mm -hmm. who reviewed my first record. Right on. And so we went, uh, we went to another bar in New Orleans, and 
Offbeat liked the interview that they decided to make it the cover story. And so we extended that interview and there it is. I'm somehow on the cover nice. of Offbeat magazine. How? I don't know, but um, nice. very, well, very grateful for that. Yeah, yeah, it's terrific. And, and, and the, uh, as I was saying, this is your, your fourth record that, that you've put out in the, in the well, total. But the past, the, yeah, five but, years. But you, your first record came out like in 2017, right? Right. So it's, it's, uh, you've, now, when I first knew you, uh, you were still working uh, for, uh, in the, the radio field. You're a country radio professional. Yeah, country radio and alternative radio Alter- as well. Okay. And, uh, and, and you were just kind of getting into to, you know, developing as an artist at that point. Right. Yeah, I, um, I started playing guitar when I was 14 and, you know, writing when I was nine years old. But okay. I hated my voice and I... I still think it kind of sucks sometimes, but um, so I, I it, yeah, it took me forever to get up in front of people and feel comfortable enough to sing um, and expose myself, I guess. Okay. And, uh, it took New Orleans musicians, you know, like our friend Lynn and like Kim Carson. Lynn Drury, yeah, yeah. To uh, kind of push me to get up there and. Right on. Here I am. Nice, <laughs> nice. Well, let's uh, let's let's go back a little bit and dig into the uh, the background of of Sean Williams. So, uh, did you grow up in New Orleans? I was born in New Orleans. Okay. Yeah. And you grew and up I, where? And then I moved to Georgia, and then uh, lived in New York for a little bit, and came back down here. Okay, so you had family in in New Orleans. It's, yeah, uh, my, my all my family's from here. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, my mom lives in Georgia, but she's from here. But we moved up there when we were. All right. What part of town was your family concentrated in here? Mid City. Oh, right. We took, on. Over, we took over a couple of blocks, which now there's only one family member living over there now, and you know. Okay, but 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 the the Williams family was that the Williams or, or the it's, uh, b- both sides? Uh, okay. Williams and my mom's side, the Reyes. Oh, okay. Right on. Yeah. It's uh, is that, uh, uh, Puerto Reyes. Rican. Right. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Nice. My, nice. my papa's from Puerto Rico. Wow. Puerto Rico. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Nice. I tan very easily. <laughs> really? Okay. Because yeah. you're blonde, but uh, right. there you go. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Get out in the sun. It's nice. Right on, right on. So so you you kind of grew up in Georgia? Did you went yeah. to high school there? Went to high school there. I would come back here for the summers to visit my dad and holidays and whatnot. So I, I still got that that exposure to the city. Right. Um, and thankfully came back here when I think I was maybe 24 or something. Okay. Did you go to college b- between then? I did not go to college. Okay. Well, I actually took online classes and um, you had to be up at like 11 p.m. for these meetings and I was working in radio up mm-hmm. in New York and I was like, I can't do this and work, wake up at 1 a.m. to catch the train to go to work. So I, I stopped that. I, that only lasted like three months of me doing college. <laughs> Well, so, so uh, you know, you were right into the workforce uh, and working in radio now. Yeah, starting when I was 18, I started in Atlanta with that. Now, now tell us about that. How'd you get started in, in, in radio? I mean, what was, the, what was your motivation? Were you just interested in being involved in the, the music business and you figured, well, this is the way? You tell a story. Yeah, um, well, I always loved music. I always wanted to be a singer and an actress. And I was like, well, my voice sucks. I can't sing. So <laughs> I was like, how, how about radio? I love to entertain. And I went to a private Maroon 5 show that I won tickets to and asked the radio station about interning. So I interned about three months, and uh, they wind up, wound up hiring me on the promotions team. I stuck around, hung around there, and just worked my way up, basically. They hired me on air as a producer. And, and that was in New York? That was in Atlanta. In Atlanta, okay. Yeah, um, I, I went to New York because I was 
tired of radio in the corporate world. And I sold all my things less and had less than $2,000. No job lined up, no place to live, and just went up to New York to pursue acting. To the city? Yes, New York City. Uh, I stayed in Harlem. Um, and then two days later, I luckily landed an interview at Dick Clark's radio company and um, did oh. some producing there. So fell, fell uh, back uh, into it. Nice, nice. Now, so how long were you in radio in, in Atlanta before you went up there to... Uh uh, six years. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. So you, you had a, a whole career going and, uh, and uh, nice. Got bored with it. Uh, okay, <laughs> and Just yeah. quit. And right. uh, I was like, I'm, I'm going to New York. I had only been to New York once, but that was enough for me. So you wind up working for the Dick Clark organization. Is Dick Clark still around at all at, at this point? He, he passed away at some point while I was up there. Okay. I think maybe it was that year, that first year that you I started working there. You didn't have anything to do with that, did you? <laughs> but he still hosts the New Year's Eve thing. He's an amazing guy. Even though he's man. dead. Yeah, he's an amazing guy, man. He's, he's, he's a talented <laughs> right. cat, man. He's got the rocking New Year's Eve still, man. Oh, yeah, he looks good for a dead man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's the makeup, Botox. <laughs> right, right, right. So it's amazing what they can do these days. So, so you're in New York, uh, gainfully employed there, yep. have an apartment. Uh, what, what, what drives you out of the city? Where do you, where do you go from there? Well, from there, actually stopped working there. I went to WPLJ and worked for the longest running morning show, Scott Shannon. Scott, yeah, Scott Shannon and Todd something. Um, see how much I liked that show. But um, That's in New York? Yeah. Okay. So th think of the New York egos working in radio forever. And uh, that show, unfortunately, ended. And I was without a job in New York. So uh, I found out about a New Orleans radio show opening up here. And saw an opening for the country radio station and got the offer and came back home. I wasn't ready to come back to New Orleans at that point. I wanted to, you know, venture around a little bit more, but um, luckily it, everything turned out all right. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you, you said, well, I do have the job offer, so I may yeah. as well go back down. Yeah. I had a job offer in Baton Rouge and um, luckily I turned that one down. I, I don't think I could live in Baton Rouge. No offense to my Baton Rouge people. But. Right, right. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's tough, man. If you're not from there, like uh, my family was just up in Baton Rouge and yeah, we were having that discussion this afternoon. It's, uh, yeah, it's not for everybody, particularly uh, New Orleanians don't, right. don't seem to, to flourish. In, yeah, uh, and I like either, you know, big city or real deep country so it's got to be one or the other okay and new orleans you get a little bit of both yeah plus a lot of other shit <laughs> you never know what you're gonna get it's a real grab bag out there. right yeah <laughs> i woke up a couple weeks ago i'm like why do i smell like that oh i fell in a gutter outside the abbey <sighs> drunk as shit and i was like Oh, oh, my no. clothes, I, my my guitar bag were just I just disgusting. had a I just had a a, me a remembrance of that <laughs> yeah. smell. Decatur Street liquids. <laughs> yeah, sense memory. <laughs> sense memory. Nonsense memory. Sure, sure. So you come back down to New Orleans. You're working for a radio station. Uh, is that when you think, well, maybe I'll start playing out? Some in New Orleans. I mean, you, you, that you still had that idea. Tell us about that. About because when I first met you, you, I was playing with Lynn Drury already, and she was telling me about you, saying, "Yeah, yeah, I, I saw this this woman at a, a open mic or something, mm -hmm. and and she's really cool. I really like her style, and and uh, 
and I think she, you came to one of our gigs or something, and she introduced us. And uh, you, you, know, you weren't crazy about me at first, I could tell, but that's a, a lot of people have that reaction. <laughs> I'm an acquired You're taste. slow burn, Renee. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're yeah. too smart for me. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm too smart mouth. Too I smart mind. <laughs> yeah, smart Alex. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. I think that's what I think it is. I think that we were so similar in certain ways. Yeah. There was a certain, you know, magnets repelling each other. Right. Was, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I got it's that It's like feeling. I'm talking to myself. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That makes perfect sense. Um, so that was when I first met you. And at that point, you were just kind of making the rounds on, on you hadn't put out a record yet. Right. You were maybe doing some songwriting or something. Yeah. Um, well, when I was up in New York, my friend Chris, rest in peace, rest in rock and roll, rest in rock and roll, he was the one that pushed me to like start recording at his, in his bedroom, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And I started doing a couple open mics up in New York, but it wasn't until I got to New Orleans that I actually started doing it on the regular basis mm-hmm. and um, doing my own shows. Okay. So at some point, you you hook up with Tom Stern, the great Tom right. Stern, uh, guitar player, you know, a veteran of many bands, uh, going way back to the Mistreaters when he was mm-hmm. still in in uh, in uh, student at Tulane. Um, but uh, he has the the Blue Velvet Studios there, and, uh, and, and uh, I built that for him. Did you? I bet yeah. you did, Jeff. Mm-hmm. That makes perfect Years sense. Years ago. Years ago. <laughs> did you really? Oh, good job. Uh, yeah, we had fun. It's pretty. He's a pleasure to work for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Je- He's uh, a pretty even-keeled man. <laughs> he is very even-keeled. <laughs> when he told me he was from Brooklyn, I was like, "No, you're fucking not." <laughs> Really? Yeah. I thought he was from D.C. No, he's from Brooklyn. Wow, I didn't know that. See? Okay. I thought maybe he's from like Long Island or something. He's from Brooklyn. <laughs> huh. Yeah. All right. Because he was in with all those D.C. like children of attorneys. There's a whole <laughs> whole <laughs> underground of, of uh, you know, the spawn of D.C. attorneys uh, in New Orleans. A lot of musicians. And I thought right. he was one of them, but uh, I guess right. not. Okay. All right, so you hooked up with Tom Stern. He's you start recording your first record, right? Twenty seventeen, right? And uh, y'all had the record mostly done, and maybe you just had one more song or something, and they called me in. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm not sure was Doug Garrison on that session too. Maybe we we're doing one more song. Yeah, so- Doug was. Doug's been on all of the tracks except for maybe one song. Okay, all right. So he was already on the on the record, and I, mm-hmm. I was I was brought in towards the end. And yeah, I, I, and I think he did a, a couple of them. Played on a couple of songs in that first record, and first record came out great. Now the first thing that struck me is, you know, you you had uh, like a self-taught musician's approach to writing, right? Which which I really like because you know I'm, I've played with tons of schooled musicians, tons of people that you know have a uh, conventional concept of songwriting and, and you know song form and all that and that's all great and that all works fantastic and I love playing stuff like that but it's always interesting to, to play with someone who's not bringing that to the table they're 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 uh, you know, have a more insular, more personal. It's like they just thought this up themselves in their their bedroom and now right. they're going to show it to you and you're like. Huh, well, that doesn't really work, but it does work. I mean, and I'm I like, I'm, I, and for me, from my perspective, I'm like, shit, I'm, I'm, am I allowed to curse on here? Yeah, 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 okay. yeah. Say whatever you want. <laughs> All right. Yeah. You I'm like, I, I feel, you know, apologetic and embarrassed to, you know, bring these songs to people like you and Doug and John. And I'm like, I don't know how to explain this in musical terms, like the, I guess, the theory of it or, um, 
right. basically what I'm playing. Right. I can tell you what I want to hear. But. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, 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 and we like, you know, interfacing in that way because it does force you to, you know, be more inventive. You have to, you know, you're, it's the, the, the problems that you're going to solve. When I say problem solving, you know, that's all recording is, play music, you know, right. you, you're presented with situations, you figure out how to make those situations work or how to make them work better. And so like the problem solving in, involved with someone who has some unconventional arrangements or approach, it's, it's different. It's, it's, it's fresh, you know, it's fun to do. It can be frustrating at times, but you know, it's uh, very often the, the results are really rewarding because it's, it's something new. Right. Something different and right. So at that time, you put that first record out, and you start playing a lot of dates. That's one thing I noticed. Yeah, I, I quit my job at the radio station uh, a few months after that. The whole time, I guess the month before I quit, I was sitting there working on booking tours of places that I've never played all across the country. And um, yeah, I went broke the first couple of years. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I stayed on the road basically consecutively in a year and a half mm. and um, by Touring myself. solo. Yeah. Just going to ask, yeah. by yourself. Not knowing what I was doing, but learned on the way. And right. I think I've just always kind of had that mindset of just, if I want something, i got to do it. Just start doing it, just and you'll do figure it, it out. Yeah. As, it's, man, that, that, that is such a, such a great lesson, right, Jeff? I mean, that's how you are, Jeff. You, you, you've started a million things that you didn't know what you were doing when you started, right? I'm I mean, doing one right now. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> Filling on the show. You're witnessing okay. it, man. <laughs> <laughs> you figure, you know, if I just pay attention and, uh, you know, uh, try to have a good attitude, this will all work out. It's yeah, I had, a, I, had a, uh, I got a fortune for my Chinese food last night. And it was, don't let your limitations overshadow your talents. Okay. And I think that sort of applies here somehow. Yes, yeah, absolutely. About, yeah, I like that. And, uh, Sean, I think with you, I was going to ask you, like, you know, this playing almost every night of the week, you, you're getting so many repetitions of doing it. You know, you can't help it, but if you're, if you're trying and, and you do it that much, it's, you're just going to improve. You're going to learn all the time. You're going to learn things you don't even understand you're learning. Yeah, definitely. And, and playing with different musicians, which right now I am because my band basically fell apart over the summer Yeah, and um, having different people sit in. So it's, it's, it's exciting and it's frustrating at the same time, but like, well, I can, now I know I, I was scared before. I was like, now I can know I can, I can do this. I can do it solo, or I can do it duo with just me and drums, or whatever. Right. Um, yeah. So it's it's definitely. I le I've learned a lot playing every day, and I've kind of set that back a little. I've been playing on the coast this summer, and just playing a couple of days a week, and that's been great because I can focus on writing. Mm -hmm. And I've been writing almost every night, and nice. new material is always good. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're obviously very prolific to have produced, uh, you know... It's a lot of records in a short amount of time. Yeah, yes. yeah. You and got your whole life to make your first record. Right. And then it gets hard. <laughs> it's like one of my favorite artists, Ryan Adams, he just released three within the past, like, five months. Yeah. yeah. Well, he's a nut. <laughs> very talented. But, yes. uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, yeah, you were talking about playing all the time, and I know during the... the pandemic when nobody was going out and playing you and lynn drury spent that first uh unvaccinated summer out on the road playing 
dates you were just like calling ahead saying we're coming to town uh, uh, you got a place for us to play yeah I actually had a tour already booked and um, a lot of them were outdoor shows so luckily we had that going um, but you know we, we weren't getting any money yeah. we still had to pay rent and at that point there wasn't there weren't any breaks especially for musicians a lot of other people were either back to work at that point or working from home right um, so yeah, we wound up booking some wineries that had outdoor fields, and then mm. out in LA, they had already created outdoor spaces because they have the space for that out there, um, and did some house concerts too. That you know you had to check your temperature walking in right. and um, your blood pressure, everything. So we're like, we we got to do something because mentally at that point too, you're yeah. going crazy. So yep. it's a lose lose situation, right? Well, well, so, so, uh, and all this time that are you still living? You were living in the French Quarter, is that correct? Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you, you, all that time you, you maintained a, an apartment down there, and and yeah. uh, there are there's some block parties of two different sets of like older people sitting out there every night, and had their their seats spaced in the middle of Bourbon Street, and just every night had a, had a different you know little soiree of uh, of drinking wine and. Just doing it socially distanced, but right. you know, still had an interaction. Okay, were well, you saying you're performing for them? Or I, you're I did. Hanging I, out? I, okay. I did once, and a cop drove by, and he was like, "Get back inside! You can't do that." I'm like, "I live right in front of this it's place." Attractive <laughs> right nuisance, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Attracting too 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 much uh, too much attention here. I remember one thing you did early on is, uh, again, when everybody was still kind of uh, very leery about uh, these gatherings. You went and played uh, the Sturgis bike rally. I did. You did. <laughs> I did. That's brave. Yeah. Well, the thing with Sturgis, I don't know if you guys have ever been to it, but it's no. about at least 20 different campsites. So the big ones, you know, that like Jesse James Dupree has going on. That's where everybody's at. Okay. We were at one of the smaller, older ones that have been there forever, um, Bear Butte Creek Campground. And it was spaced out you know um you didn't have to interact with people okay and i was there every all 10 days so didn't get any sleep but um wow it it was it's definitely experience you know i went i went downtown like once and uh, during the day so it wasn't as busy because that's when people are riding their bikes and seeing the scenery just just contemplating i knew you were doing that and just i was picturing you you know a little slip of a girl there In uh, in Sturgis, and I was like, "What is Sean doing there?" I mean, it's what. Uh, again, uh, maybe we'll get to it in the second half. And uh, well, tell us now. Do you have what, a motorcycle? Did you ride a yeah, motorcycle? What is what is the I affinity? Do have a, I have a motorcycle uh, license, but I, I play a lot of like Harley Davidson shows, bike club events. Yeah, how, the bikers what? somehow uh, bikers are big big music fans and sure, are definitely sure. appreciative of that. Um, but, and they dig Sean Williams. They, they, they dig Sean they, they, Williams. They, they dig the serial killer they blues. They like the songwriting. Uh, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. That's they, very cool. They like a lot of so- songwriters, original music. So. Right. Which I'm all about. Uh-huh. Sure. No, that's that's uh, that's that's so cool. You never know what's going to click, you know. Yeah. And because yeah, I saw that you're actually you just recently played uh, the big New Orleans uh, bike rally that they yeah. had in, in the spring at, here at Harley Davidson, the New Orleans Bike Week that they have every year. Okay. Yeah. 
Nice. I'm, I'm waiting for that Harley endorsement or something. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, yeah, you know, Harley's got some money out there. I don't know if they... they, they How many CCs? <laughs> <laughs> I had a scooter. It was 50. <laughs> All right. Nice. All right. Well, um, maybe we should take a little break here. I'm looking at, uh, at everybody's drinks here, and it uh, seems like a, a good time. And uh, we'll come back and get into all the rest of your records and uh, in the future. So, uh, we'll time traveling, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, we'll be right back. Not a day goes by that I don't still think about you. And I know you like to hear that, don't you? And you like to come around every now and then. Whenever it's convenient, are you lonely? Are you horny? You just need something else To forget someone else When you play me like the instrument That you will never play But you somehow managed To break out my strings And I know you love to keep me Hanging on the line Left to die And maybe it's cause you never felt Like you felt for someone else Cause there's always someone We're back, back inside the feral zone. I am Renee Coman, back with Jeff Treffinger, my guest co-host, back with Ms. Sean Williams, our guest. Now, uh, Sean, I, I don't know uh, how much time you have uh, outside of uh, writing and performing to, to listen to the, the kind of frivolity that goes on in uh, the feral zone or the Troubled Men podcast, but... Uh, but uh, we do have a lot of listeners, and uh, we are listener-supported because uh, we don't have a lot of sponsors. So we do rely on uh, the, the devoted listenership for their, uh, their continued support, and I always like to uh, acknowledge that support. And uh, uh, we have some uh, coming up once again. Uh, uh, I'd like to thank uh, Rob Meller and uh, Hirsch Katzen. Hirsch is a, uh, a longtime uh, Patreon page supporter, but... Uh, uh, occasionally he'll he'll throw a little something else in the kitty. It's always appreciated. And a shout out to uh, Carrie Hood, a, a brand new Patreon uh, uh, supporter as of this week. So uh, uh, Troubleman Podcast is gaining gaining momentum. It's uh, four years in. We're it's still a pyramid scheme. It's a pyramid <laughs> scheme. We're we're sliding down the side of the pyramid, picking up picking up steam, picking up speed. So uh, and and uh, along those lines, you know, you can. Uh, uh, follow us on well. Well, first of all, you can find those links to Venmo. I think it's like uh, uh, Venmo, uh, whatever. Uh, 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 Trouble Dash Men. 
Um, and, at Trouble Dash. At, yeah, however it goes. The, all those links are in the, uh, the show notes of every show and the, uh, the Facebook page. We also have a, a PayPal uh, uh, account there. You can, you can uh, do it old school and stay with, stay, uh, with PayPal. And, and again, we have the, the Patreon page. It's, Fans uh, only page. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. That's not <laughs> <laughs> it's a little you know, blue. Renee, you got to get on. You got to get on MySpace. I hear it's the new thing. Yeah, yeah. Pornhub. I'm, uh, I'm, 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 I'm open to, uh, to all these. Whatever these brings the money. Possibilities. I mean. Yeah, baby. Um, you know, you gotta, gotta do what you gotta do. They do have light, nice lighting here. And yeah, yeah, yeah. This is my preferred lighting. You know, it's, uh, I go out on the road and people go, God, Renee, you look so good. It's like, well, <laughs> this is my lighting. Vampirian. <laughs> <laughs> In the, yeah. in the dark, I'm I'm at my best. Um, so yeah, all the uh, the those those links are all in the in the show notes, as well as the link to the Trouble Men podcast T-shirts. We don't have Feral Zone T-shirts yet, but uh, you know who knows? Uh, the, anything's possible. Um, and uh, you can uh, follow us on Facebook and uh, and uh, Instagram, and share with your friends and uh, uh, subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts you know press press that subscription button and uh rate us review us give us five stars you can say uh fuck manny and renee five stars we love that kind of review um what am i uh, oh you know i forgot to uh to to mention to to talk about the uh the the feral zone earlier and uh, i like to just remind everybody of uh you know the feral zone is kind of a sister podcast to the troubled men podcast it's uh and it's a, a podcast i'll run when uh manny is uh, uh otherwise indisposed or uh you know unavailable uh, you know if he's if he's doing a short bid in the Hooskow or uh you know, who knows what the many reasons. But, International uh, Space Station. Sure, yeah, yeah. I saw that they got a new one that's going to be orbiting the moon. So I'm not sure what, what kind of demands Manny's going to have uh, involving that. But uh, so the Feral Zone will appear in this space from time to time. Uh, you know, some things about it uh, may be similar to uh, the Troubled Nation. Uh, some things will be different. But... Uh, you know, we're going to keep doing it, and it will be what it's going to be. And uh, we've had had some great ones, and uh, this is no exception. I love it that we we get to uh, you know, like uh, cast the thing from scratch. You know, it's it's going to be me. You're not going to get rid of me, but <laughs> you know, have a guess. That's the feral part. That's the right. feral part. We'll leave a dish of food out for you, Renee. That's right. I know you'll come for it. Sure, sure. You're still here. I'll, I'll, there he is. I'll, 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 I'll put almost anything in my mouth. You know, <laughs> frankly. Um, Do you live in Snake and Jake's? I mean, can they just not get rid of you? Are you that kind of guy? Well, I, actually, I was offered a place. I said, you know, if the drink is too sm strong and, I, uh, you know, I, I can't live at my house anymore, they have a place for me here, they said in the back. That's so sweet. I said, well, you know, that's, uh, that's, that's very generous of you, but <laughs> I'm going to uh, try to avoid that eventuality. But uh, who knows? Well, uh, time will tell. Um, anyway, well, uh, that's probably enough of that <laughs> foolishness, huh? Back to our guest. I know, you could do about ten more minutes on that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, you like that? <laughs> Just yeah. keep, keep New Orleans bartenders taking care of you. Keep keep digging, Renee. Yes, we have the, the lovely Margaret behind the bar. Uh, you know, uh, thank you, Margaret. Once uh, once again, uh, always a stellar performance over here at uh, Snake and Jake's Christmas Club Lounge. They have a, a whole, uh, a whole uh, bench of great bartenders we got Juan. we got uh, we'll get into all of them as, as they they wind up being here 
Anyway, uh, enough of that. Back to you, the great Miss Sean Williams. Um, so, Sean, we're we're talking about uh, yes, you, you you put out these first first two records that were band records. Now, uh, very intrigued. They were banned. Well, b- <laughs> I mean, banned in Boston. Some but, of the songs uh, have been banned at shows. <laughs> right. Well, so, since you mentioned that, I got to say, as as I. You know, I played on a couple of songs on the first record, then I played on the whole second record, and as I'm, I'm, uh, you're sending the demos, I'm listening to the, the, the words and reading, reading the lyrics and all, I'm going, wow, Sean is, is, uh, is pretty aggressive, <laughs> pretty sexually aggressive stance here. Yes. It's like I'm blushing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I get that a lot. Um, yeah, it's a... He, you think sometimes if people aren't listening in the audience and then their eyes bulge out and, you know, I play shake, shake, shake or something like that. And it's just, yeah, I don't like to hold back. You get it very direct. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, why not? No, okay. no filters. You go, girl. Yeah, yeah, But, girl. yeah, I, I've been banned at, um, at a couple of places and Songwriters Fest, certain songs can be played. And, really? Yeah. Huh. Okay. I have to play PG shows, but I, I'm kind of done with that. I'm now, at this point. I'm like, you know, if I if I'm playing at a brewery and your kids are there, I'm not babysitting your kids. Okay. You're at a brewery, you know. Right, right, you're, right. You're exposing them to you drinking. So I used to censor myself at that kind of stuff, but now I'm like, no. Nope. Yeah. Unless no. there's a cute little old lady there or a little old man, then I, I feel like I've got to be polite. Huh. Then you're going to pull back a little bit. Okay. Yeah. You know, Sean, you is that the Reyes or is that the Williamson? That are, that's um, saucy, that, I guess. No, no, that is uh, honest and uh, doesn't hold back. Hmm. Which side of you is that? That's. Uh, Probably the Williams. Really? Okay, good. Yeah. I don't know that they're both crazy sides. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, so, so are, are you uh, kind of the, the, the odd man out in your family, or you fit right in? It's a whole slew of... <laughs> I, I, I fit right in, okay, but nice. we're all a little different. Okay. <laughs> a little, uh, all a little odd in our own ways. Okay, you have a, a brothers and sisters? I do. I have four brothers and two sisters. Oh, okay. Wow. Big family. It's yeah. a big family. I'm the only one that plays music. My, my uncle did play, but I was never exposed to his hmm. his music when I was younger. Um, it, but yeah, he played, but everybody else. Now, wh- where, where are you in the stack? I'm the youngest girl, and I, I'm in the middle. In the middle. Now, wh- Ish, what, yeah. what, what does your family think about uh, your, your career, music career? Um, when I first decided to, you know, quit my full-time insurance, all that paying yeah, yeah. gig, my mom freaked out. My dad was, you know, a little more laid back and chill, which I wasn't expecting. My, my dad's New Orleans officer, you know, he's just, you know, more, uh, not stern, but he's my dad. <laughs> so, okay, police officer? Police officer, yes. Oh, no kidding. Um, all right. But he's the one, you know, bought me my first guitar, my mm-hmm. second guitar, and... Showed up at one of my shows with a big banner for my merch table, oh, and he, nice. you know, so he was pretty much supportive at the, at the get go. My mom was just more worried, like, how are you sure. gonna afford your bills? And, sure, yeah, you have to you be know, practical. But now, right. now, now they're both super cool about it. Nice, nice, nice. Well, they see, they see that uh, you know you're you're not gonna give up easily. You're just gonna keep grinding right. away, and 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 
you know, it, it's amazing when somebody gets up every day and works at something, how much you can accomplish. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right? It's true. And if I wasn't, and if it wasn't music, it would probably be something else that I'd be doing something that my parents would be like, are you sure you want to do yeah, that? Yeah, sure. Yeah. They, you know? they could be. I, I just think it's sad when you turn the corner towards art, everybody is terrified. You know, they, nobody can think you, you know, you, my parents are just afraid right. you won't be able to make a living. You won't be safe. You won't, you know, you won't thrive. That's true. I, ne- I never thought of it. It's our cultures in our country. It's just the way it's built. It's just, you know, it's really hard to be an artist. Yeah, it's like, what do you do for a living? Musician? No, what do you really do? <laughs> right. right. How do you make your money? <laughs> yeah. 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 But, I, you know, I... I don't look back. I, I would never go back to radio or the office job or anything not creative. Um, I'd rather be doing something that I love. Even if I fail or suck at it, at least I'm and, doing what I want to do. And when did you know that? When did you, you know, when, I mean, you, you came back to New Orleans, you worked in radio, and at some point you made a decision. Yeah. I, well, I used, to, I used to love radio, but then it became so corporate with, you know, two big companies owning all the radio stations and taking right. over the mom and pop sure. shop uh, sure. radios. And then once it became that way, I just, I didn't feel creative anymore. I felt drained. I felt like it was boring and like, basically I'm behind a computer <laughs> all right. day. Sure. Day. But I understand you're tired of radio, but mm-hmm. when did you decide to play guitar and sing and that's what I'm going to do. After I released my first record. Um, I see. And I saw, you know, a handful of people that liked the music and sincerely I felt like they liked it. Uh-huh. And so I was like, well, I want to get it out there to more people like that. So you made a record and that was an experiment? It was just something I'd always wanted to do. Um, so you'd been writing songs while you were working radio? Yeah, I started writing when I was nine. Um, you said you started writing when you were nine, but you played guitar when you were 13 or 14. Right. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Would we, you were writing songs, just out, just singing songs. Just singing songs, right. acapella, writing rap songs. I, I liked a lot of rap back in those days, too. Cool. Um, I see. I, I was going to ask you, actually, like, what, what kind of influences do you, you know, you... you you're pursuing, I mean, you, as a writer, it's uh, very roots-oriented, you know, country, uh, outlaw country even. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 was that something that you were a fan of already? or, or? Well, I, I'm definitely a big fan of Hank Williams, uh-huh. who maybe I'm related to. Okay. But uh, I, I first really loved, loved music and wanted to learn guitar when I was... 10 when I first heard Jules uh, record Pieces of You okay listening to those lyrics and the sarcasm in them and then the emotionally driven lyrics as well mm-hmm. um, they kind of made me want to go to that kind of side of music and the folky okay interesting now now uh, I'm jumping all over the place here yeah. but uh, <laughs> since since we were talking about corporate radio I was thinking today about that and and because I know you worked as a programmer for a certain period of time, mm-hmm. but then there's very little room for programming in the in the current you know the corporate uh, 
structure. Right. But, you know, we, we now have uh, satellite radio. It's very niche-oriented, and you have all these different stations. What do you, you have thoughts about that? Like, uh, you know, that they have a, an outlaw country station and, you know, this kind of country. And, uh, yeah, uh, I think a lot of those artists that they do play would probably never get the exposure that they would on mainstream right. radio. Because it's so narrow. It's, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so... I, I love listening to those kind of stations, you know, when I'm on the airplane or right, um, right. wherever, you know, like Sirius is and out, outside sources like uh, our friend uh, Jimmy, you know, Jimmy with uh, Country Dumas. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I have been exposed to so much music through him and other podcasts and mm. whatnot. So there's other ways to get good music or yeah. not mainstream right right not you know, to say that mainstream is not good music because there there are a lot of good stuff out there on the on the yeah, charts yeah 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 it's, it's people aren't untalented it's just right. uh, you know it's it, it's uh, a, again very narrow band that, uh, that that happens there well okay well now let me jump back so you, you put out the your first two band records now the pandemic hits uh, everybody's locked up you record a record pretty much on your iPhone. Yeah. It's your third record. You put it out. It's just you. Uh, it winds up getting nominated for three uh, Big Easy Awards, including like Songwriter of the Year. Yeah, yeah. Three, uh, three offbeat awards. And, uh, <laughs> I had never wanted to do a, a, a record on my phone or anything with just low quality. I, you know, I, felt like if I wanted to do something, I wanted it to be big and make the mm -hmm. music sound big. But then I wrote this one song, Change, at the beginning of uh, the shutdown. I was like, well, what else am I going to do? Let's just write a, a whole record. And so I wrote the whole record within a week. And I've never played keys before or lead guitar or slide or, you know, bass, which was bass on the guitar, um, mm -hmm. the guitar app. And... Uh, Borrowed a keyboard from my friend Roxy and just finagled it all within two weeks. So you multi-tracked it. Yes. Oh, okay, but but on a like a Garage Band on garage your phone band or something. Yeah, this little wow. iPhone six. <laughs> yeah. And the record sounds really cool, man. It's Thank it's, you. it's it's very moody and uh, and so we'll talk about that. So you I, I had fun doing it. Yeah, you know, drinking wine by myself every night, which I never drink at home because. I feel that like then I'm a drunk, <laughs> but during those times, like okay, everybody, everybody, was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was wondering what the official definition was. <laughs> right, not yeah, drinking at home, you're a drunk. You can officially, by officially. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Does it matter if the TV's on? <laughs> yeah, because no. If it's off, it's, if it's right. off, it's darker. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's even darker. Yeah, <laughs> like the Leonard Cohen song. But uh, you want to dark. But yeah, yeah, we like it dark. But uh, you know, d don't uh, d don't uh, don't dismiss it out of hand. <laughs> there's a lot. There's a lot of good. There's a lot of good there. <laughs> um, so, so yes, we're talking about the your third record. Yeah, no, the, the the process fascinates me. So you had never recorded yourself before. You'd done everything in studio. I, you know, I did it maybe. 10, 12 years ago my on GarageBand on my phone, uh -huh. um, and I hadn't touched it since then. Right. And, yeah, I wrote that, that first song, and then I was just like, 
might as well do a whole record and wrote the whole record in a week. Were there rhythm tracks to it as well, or is it? I didn't. I didn't put any drums on there. I see. Because um, I, you know, I was living on on Bourbon Street in an apartment, small studio, and. One, and I didn't have drums, and two, my neighbors would hate me even more. <laughs> right. But the record winds up coming out. It's very moody. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's really got a vibe to it, you know? And, yeah. and, and it's, it's interesting when, when you have a limited palette, like you're not going to have drums, you're not going to have a, a live band. So what is going to be the attraction? Where is the meat going to come from this? Well, it, it's, to me, that record, the meat comes just from, you know, your, your super emotive vocally you know you really are concentrating on delivering a vocal that's not not just you know the right notes but it's really really has a, a an emotional center and a, and a drive behind it right and and then also mu- musically I guess I, I like to have this big orgasmic sound in in each song to where like it would be almost like a movie soundtrack, you mm-hmm. know, just give you that that feel, that peak, kind of bit like a big orchestra or something. And I like to, I felt like I was able to do that, doing it on my own and playing all the instruments and layering that how I want it to. And um, I th- it felt like I, that's, yeah, kind of what I got out of it for me personally. Nice, nice. And it winds up being a very successful record, as I said. Yeah, and, and, surprisingly. Uh, <laughs> Must have been so gratifying. Yeah, I'm, I'm very thankful um, that somebody would want to listen to a shitty recording, you know. Well, and, and, and I did have Bruce Burial um, master it. Right, the great, uh, just to great Bruce give that, Bar- that volume. I don't know if I, I'm ever saying his name right. Uh, well, you know, I, 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 he, I had him on the pod, uh, Burrell. I had him on the podcast, and I said Burrell every single time, probably about 20, 30 times during the podcast. Uh, and I've known Bruce forever, yeah. <laughs> and I've worked with him on multiple records. But, yeah, have you ever yeah. seen his photography? I have. It's great. Pretty great. Yeah. Uh, another Troubled Men uh, podcast guest, uh, you know, uh, Bruce, uh, always great, going going way back uh, you know, uh, mastered the Geraniums record, uh, mastered uh, uh, the Iguanas Live record. Uh, has done a lot of stuff in, in our in our circle. He's uh, he's the master. We trust him with all the mastering. Master of mastering. Yes, yes, yes. Fun guy to hang out with too. Um, so okay, so so that brings us up to the the fourth record. And uh, now, now you were you were talking about uh, how you're playing with a whole bunch of mu- different musicians now, and and how you, you know I had seen you uh, last year. You were you had a, a drummer and a guitar player, and and yourself. So you had a, a cool band. It's like you're playing acoustic guitar and singing, and you had an electric guitar player and a drummer. It's kind of mm-hmm. like the Cramps, you know, like no bass right. player. You know, I saw a live uh, YouTube video of that band. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, it's cool. It is cool. Yeah, yeah. Guitar yeah. player is wild. Yeah. It's good. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm not sure which one you're talking about because there are a couple of them. Right, right. Yeah. But I know which one you're talking it, about. It, yeah. it, it, it totally worked. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, look at Sean, man. She's really getting her, her shit together here as, you know, as, a, as a tight, you know, live unit that doesn't cost a, a ton of money to, right. to run, you know, and you can do a small gig, but it still sounds full, you know. You still have the power of the drums, the electric guitar, and, 
you know, mm-hmm. if you can get a, if you can play without a bass player, you know, it it can be a cool sound. You know, yeah, if you, can, if you can make it's hard it work to ha- live. find. It's hard to have a bass player fill in. That's the hardest part. Sure, sure, yeah, yeah, because yeah, if somebody's going to be playing a lot of wrong notes, it'd be better just right. not to have them at all. Yeah, right, it's right. it's more obvious when bass goes wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, a child of three knows when the bass player is fucking up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's true. Guitar players can skate around. You know, I'm just mm. playing a passing chord. You know, <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Fiddle, fiddle can't go wrong with that. <laughs> right, 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 right. Oh, just don't stop. Just keep moving. Yeah. You know. I never oh. felt that way about my guitar playing. Though I play so many bad notes. Oh well, <laughs> just just don't stop moving. Uh, they're so bad, uh, they're good. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> um, but but you were saying uh, that that you went out on the road this summer and uh, and the the band fell apart. Would you, would you mind talking about? Because because I you know as someone who's been on a million tours and. I've had some some great tours, and I've had some really disastrous tours. Right. <laughs> and the disastrous tours usually have a lot of good stories that get generated. They're not fun to live through, but uh, you, you want to talk about your summer a little bit? Yeah. <laughs> Well, first it started with me getting uh, mugged. <laughs> I think I think that set the that that set the precedent for it, the worst summer ever. <laughs> you know, Sean, let's talk about that. Where? I actually I actually yeah. talked about this on the podcast because it was you know we've we've had this whole thing of crime rising in New Orleans. You know, we have hardly any police officers. Uh, you know, compared to our, our you know the the traditional levels we had. Um, you know, criminals are feeling more emboldened. People are. are doing things during broad daylight and we're talking about this and I just heard about you and I told the story I didn't mention your name but you were you want to tell the story yeah yeah um so two days before it happened my my drummer quit so usually he drives everybody to to because he has a truck to the shows um so I I drove my piano player who lives above Cosmos and we were on our way back from Clarksdale and I was dropping her off unloading 6 p.m. on a Sunday bright, you know, beautiful day, right. everybody outside. And I was leaning in the passenger seat to uh, to get something out and I just had this premonition right before it happened that something was about to happen. Hmm. And this guy jumped in the car. I immediately went for the keys, which were stupidly still in the ignition. Um, and he went for them and I wouldn't let it go and he punched me three times. Oh, holy shit. And I was looking back at the camera, like, you know, the car started rolling off with me in it as people were running up. So, I mean, even if I didn't go for the keys, he either would have ran me over or right. taken off with me. Mm. Um, but that was just the quickest thing that I, I just thought. To, he wasn't intimidating. You know, he walked in. He was like kind of like a smirky smile. Cute dude, you know, okay. looks normal, not cracked out. Right. Um, so I, I wasn't scared of him at, for, until he punched me. <laughs> Crazy man, yeah. I heard that story. I was like, Jesus Christ! You know, yeah. just like girls are getting punched in the face in the middle of the day in the French Quarter. Yeah. I'm so sorry <laughs> that happened. You know, to luckily you. there was somebody, a, a friend of mine, who said he was watching the guy the whole time, and they they ran over, and people just poured out of the bar, and they the got guy, the guy ran off. They got he got away. He got a well. I you know they identified him. I haven't heard. Right. Any update? Jeez, we're um, so glad you were all right, man. That's, yeah. that's a terrible thing to happen. And but I, I, I know it's a little stupid to say, but I'm glad it happened to me because I think other people would have been maybe worse hurt. I don't know, just because I was, not I was as tough as you are. <laughs> yeah. You can take a punch. I won the fight, <laughs> <laughs> nice. and, and I did have a, a show like four days, three, three or four days later, and I was just worried that my jaw wasn't going to open all the way because it was, it was in pain. Yeah. Mm. But 
Yeah, the first after the I performed the first song, like I just started crying. Because oh. um, you could do it. Yeah, you're, yeah. You're it wasn't like a fear kind of thing. Right. I'm not scared, and it was just more relief. Yeah. That, oh, jeez, man, that sucks. So, so yeah. that was the beginning of your summer. Okay, yeah. good. That, sorry, go that, that drummer, that, that drummer. What did you do your summer, Sean? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know what you did that summer. Um, so it started with that, you know, the drummer quitting, and then that, and then found a new drummer and we are on tour with my guitar player Dustin and the RV that I just bought the transmission was leaking majorly halfway through the tour you know we were having a great run up until that mm-hmm. got ripped off by a mechanic for over $4,000 oh, did everything but the transmission oh. so I sent the guys home I was stuck in Charlotte at that point and I was like I don't know what I'm going to do but I'm going to figure it out right and uh, when I got back, the drummer was like, yeah, I don't think I can do yeah. I can. I'm like, I agree. Because, you know, I, I'm a woman. I don't know much about cars. I would like at least for the band to help me listen to these mechanics. And um, even though it was my responsibility. But I was just like, you're not a good fit either. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You weren't getting any assistance from No. Me. All right. Um, so that happened, and then I found a new drummer, just turned 23, he's from Jackson, Mississippi. I can okay. mold the guy. He's yeah, sweet. Yeah, you know, I like to get him young. Yeah, he's, yeah, it's yeah. good, yeah. <laughs> but I'm <laughs> No, no, I'm, that's not even yeah. a joke. That's, that's I'm serious. <laughs> I, I know. I'll drink all that. Excuse me, let me have a drink. <laughs> yeah, they're not ruined yet. I'm going to have that tattooed jaded. on my arm. Yeah. I like to get him like young. young. <laughs> They're not spoiled yet. Right. Uh, uh, I yeah. can spoil them myself. Right. <laughs> then I'll get a new young one. That's right. They're up for They make more every year. <laughs> right. What? They just keep young, getting younger. Yeah. <laughs> they keep seeming younger. And anyway, uh, so continue. Interesting alley we just turned into. <laughs> continue, Sean. So, so you're out there with a broken RV, with a busted transmission. The band flees you. This is, you know, th- this yeah. is a, a, a mythic story. It's leading up to, I, I, to where it all really yeah. comes together for you. I find, I find this, you know, this drummer. I'm like, he's good. He's eager. You know, he'll he'll sleep anywhere, <laughs> which right? is great. Yeah. Not that it wasn't dirty, but yeah, um, no. and then my guitar player his car broke down in June so he was unreliable to get to any gigs that I booked for the next two months mm. this is right after we got back mm-hmm. and um, so I had to find another guitar player and okay. that's where I'm at right now and I'm holding his spot alright keeping his spot gets, warm until he gets his, his shit together okay. but, <laughs> um, you're, but you're retooling you're prepared you've done this once before, yeah, I'm I'm just booking a lot of uh, solo shows for right. the future. Unless I'm playing in New Orleans, then I, you know, mm-hmm. have an array of people that I can call up. Right, it's good to have a deep bench. Yeah, but right now it's it's hard it's hard for me to play in New Orleans because I'm yeah. not going to play cover music, and in order to do that, I've got to play everywhere else. Right, right. Well, I, I saw. So, so are are you are you kind of living? So you don't have an apartment in New Orleans. I don't. I gave it up when I went on tour in May, okay. and I had one lined up in August, and that fell through. <laughs> so that was another thing. Um, and everything's doubled. It's like in everything's price. peaked. Yeah, and rent prices. Right. So Crazy. right now I'm in my RV in Pensacola on a farm, 
and I'm putting the RV in storage for September and touring in my car, and I'll be back in October. Okay, so you're going out doing solo dates? Yeah. All right. Um, I'll be back in October, and I'm RV sitting for somebody at the marina here. Oh, okay. And I have something big that I'm supposed to be working on in November. And stay tuned nice. for that. Can't talk anymore right about on. it. Right on. Yeah, yeah. It's very it's pretty hush, huge. Hush, yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. Cool. It's just so exciting, man. It's it's so, to, let's hope the so maybe, maybe that's yeah. It's, sure, yeah you know, the summer sucks, but I'm like, whatever. It is what it is. What, what, I could be sad and depressed about it, but what else am I going to do? And, and, and that's not going to help you. That's no. not going to do anything for your career. No. I, I texted, <laughs> you know, my friend Roxy. You know Roxy. And, yes, um, Roxy Bergeron. About three weeks right. ago, I was like, I'm, I'm just about to quit. This was July, I guess. I'm like, this, everything just sucked. Mm. Like, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to go live on a farm and be a farmer. But. Yeah, that wouldn't last. No. <laughs> you wouldn't like that for long. <laughs> you know, I, I like the idea of it. Sure. But, you know, once once you've seen the lights of the big city, it's hard to hard to keep them on yeah, the phone. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm still at it <laughs> for now. Nice, nice. And, uh, and, and uh, again, uh, through all this adversity, you, you, you know, each one of these obstacles you overcome, you get stronger, you realize your increased capacity. I mean, now you're out there touring as a solo artist mm -hmm. and doing great. Yeah. And, and you know, oh, okay, I can do that. Yeah, I, I feel like it's kind of like a cycle back to when I first started touring say. and doing all this. I'm like, yeah. oh, I already did this before, but now I, I can take a different approach. And, and you've got a lot of experience. And a lot more though. experience. And, you know, a lot more confidence. Playing places that I've played before and, you mm -hmm. know, and have a fan base and whatnot. So it, it should be easier this time. Yes. Sure. Should be. Yeah. Well, I think it takes know. a little bit of the edge. Just looking like I've done this before. I can do this again. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's uh, it's, that's growth. That's yeah. strength. That's where it comes from. And uh, hell of a summer. You feel a little bit like Odysseus? Yes. <laughs> Don't right, let it yeah. happen again. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I like the reference. Yeah. Nice. That was, that was worth the price of admission right there, Jeff. Right. So, uh, well, God, it's been so great having you on the, the show, Sean. I'm glad Thanks we're... So everybody, you know, the, the, that, the record we keep talking about, the, the fourth record, Wallowing in the Night, it's getting, again, uh, great reviews internationally, all kind of mm -hmm. uh, 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 European press, uh, UK press. Yeah, Uncut Magazine, which was big that I just, you know, I saw, I saw it in Barnes and Noble the other day. And yeah. You get like a five-star review or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm seeing this Congrats. all over the place. It's Thank you. fantastic. And, uh, and, uh, you know, hashtag van life. You're out there. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? It's like my second album, which is called Motel Living. Now I'm going to do van living. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, you know, hashtag van life is a thing, you know, it's like, there's oh, a lot of people okay. that, that, yeah, that oh, live, yeah. live in their vans. They travel all around the world or, you know, whatever country, Spain, you know, the U.S. And, right. Uh, yeah, so it's, I was thinking a little bit about you. I was picturing you in the yeah. RV, you know. So you you have plans to get back in the RV at some point, or we'll we'll see. We'll, we'll see. All it's right, a different yeah. life. Right, right, right. <laughs> and I was thinking about you know a couple of days ago. I said one of my favorite artists, you know, who kind of made me want to be a singer was Jewel. Right. I was like, well, she's she lived in her van when she started out. Yeah. So. so I did not know that, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, I I did know that about Jewel. Yeah, traveling around. Uh, doing coffee houses out of the van. Right. Was, uh, <laughs> sort of first couple of years. Right on. 
So okay, Sean. So we'll 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 keep an eye out for the big news in November. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we just had. I got to say, you know, Chapel Heart. You know, our our, our friends, yeah. Chapel Heart. They're they're uh, just made it into the finals of America's Got Talent. They're probably going to win that thing. Uh, you know, they and deservingly so. Deservingly so. They they came on the Troubleman podcast early on. Uh, you know, so they they got the Troubleman podcast bump. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, I'm not saying it's, their success is completely because what? of that, but, you know, it's... it's. I got one, too, in the back of my head. <laughs> yeah, me, too. That's why I got to keep, keep my, my hair long or else you'll see the scar from the Troubleman <laughs> podcast bump. <laughs> but uh, we're looking forward to, uh, to, to you, uh, you know, following that, that path. Uh, thank you. And, and thank you for being, you know, on my records. Um, I owe a lot of... The success to the musicians that are on the record, records bringing the songs to life. Well, we, we you know, we love doing it. And you, you have a great crew. You know, you have uh, me, Doug Garrison, uh, John Fole, mm-hmm. uh, Casey McAllister. Jesus. All, all former lose. Troublemen yeah. podcasts. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all bumped. <laughs> Genius Dave Easley. <laughs> oh, Dave Easley. Haven't had him on the podcast. I did play on his record, but yes, he is a genius. Uh, yeah, yeah. You got... Uh, you got some real scrubs on your <laughs> on your record there, Sean. He's so he's so interesting. I love him. Oh, he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I got a gig coming up with him uh, doing the Dave Easley music soon. Nice. Um, yeah, yeah. So uh, can't wait to see you know uh, where, where all this leads for you, Sean. And uh, please keep me in mind when you Down start working on the, on the fifth <laughs> record. So, you know, for, uh, for uh, Feral Zone, for Snake and Jake's Christmas Club Lounge, I'd like to thank everybody that made this possible. Thank you, Jeff Treffinger. Thank you, Jeff. Great to be with you both. Uh, always great to be with you. Thank you again, Sean. Thank and you. And I am Renee Coleman signing off from inside the Feral Zone. Good night. Da, da, da. My hands are shaking. My body's been down. Going round and round Don't know how you're feeling If you can let me in If you want me to stick it out, baby I'm all in But if you're gonna leave me
earth beneath your feet Your safety When the burdens of life Shadow you from love But if you're gonna Just no point dragging